You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is time for the unofficial 40 podcast brought to you by MidFirst.com or MidFirst Bank. Go to MidFirst.com slash U40. That's MidFirst.com slash U40 and sign up for the OU Rewards credit card. All right, signing day is behind us. It's the early signing day, but it turned into a shit show yesterday uh, as Lincoln Riley did not uh, want to give a whole lot of details about the, the rumored suspensions that were going on. Uh, and I kind of nuked the press conference by releasing uh, the information about the suspensions yesterday. Uh, but I, I tell you what, you guys, I'll leave it up to you. Welcome to Josh McQuistion, Eddie Radosevich, to Bob Persbilla. I'm Kerry Murdoch. Um, you guys want to give signing day its due and then go back and talk sure. about the suspension stuff? I thought or we'd do You want to talk about the sure. way the press conference got nuked yesterday? <laughs> Let's do a little impeachment hearing <laughs> talk first, and then we'll kind of work our way back. So no, he it's, is a, it's impeached? up to you guys. I'm, I haven't followed this. He's impeached. I honestly don't know. I don't either. I Nor do I right. care. As long as as long as everybody keeps tweeting about it, I'm fine with it because I find it. I don't really follow anyone that tweets about it. The, the most Trump I get in my Twitter is because of three-year Letterman and the people he's fighting with. I think that's probably a good way to go about it. he calls him following. Doug and then, and then people that don't understand so, what he is start fighting with him. It's perfect. It's a good, it's a it's perfect, a good troll. It's a perfect troll. It's a perfect yeah. amount of uh, ammunition. Doug. I love the Doug thing. Listen, Larry. <laughs> he always says somebody's name wrong. We love that guy. It was fun meeting up with him. Up yeah, to you guys, guys, though. You guys were part of... Uh, were you part of his show? Or was that... No, it was just no, like no, a segment. No, yeah. It was just like a tweet of a, a video. Okay. It was fun. It's up to you guys, though. Yeah, Josh, we'll We can we'll literally you... flip a coin if we want. Birthday boy from yesterday. We'll let you decide where you want to go. Um, I'll stick with recruiting largely because when I went on, um, Carrie's airwaves yesterday, the last question I went off with was about this. And I was like, I don't have anything to offer on this topic, but they're like, but sooner scoop. And I'm like, crap, I, I, I get it. Like, I get why you're asking me this, but I literally have nothing to provide other than what we've put out there. So I, I'm, I'm good for nothing in that role. Was it made out that I've tried to blackball you from my airwaves? No, I'm just making that story, oh, okay. Gary. Yeah. I could see I mean, something Mark Rogers doing that to me. Let, let it be said that two of my fellow podcasters run big morning shows in Oklahoma City. Was I a part of either show? No. No, I was not. 
But we, we, Mark and Dusty, we, who we, I don't think I've met either in person in my life, brought me on. We prefer to have somebody that has uh, had been there, and we brought Bob on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, Eddie has a defensible position, Carrie. We He's don't got know. Bob. We have no idea if you're hiding Linda from ice or taking your daughters <laughs> to class in the morning. We just don't know what your morning schedule is like. Nor and see, and yesterday that's fair. That's why things got crazy for me yesterday. Layla was having tubes put in her ears. Oh, and, here we go, family yep. stories. Yeah, so that's how Tiffany the had to, starting. I, exactly. I need We're a kid really to be able to blame it. everything on. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so half the reason. I never, that is probably the first time in a decade I've left the house on signing day because I had to take Laney to school because Tiffany couldn't do it. You bring up a good point, Layla. Eddie. Aren't tubes just my parents got divorced in disguise? Do tubes really exist? <laughs> it might be. Like, are, um, do they really put tubes in children's ears? I I've do. never seen it. Maybe like the moon landing. I can send you the uh, the picture of the blood in Layla's I, ear. Okay, yes. stop it, stop it. It uh-huh. is it is very common. I mean, if you beat your children, <laughs> you're gonna have blood. Well, I fault. don't. Hey, Eddie, do you think I'd put those those bruises aren't anywhere anybody can see? <laughs> That's true. <Okay>. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, let's stop being so dark and let's talk about recruiting. Sure. It was kind of like child abuse yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Some Something like. I mean, obviously, I, where where should we start? I, probably the biggest news. I, I don't know what the biggest news of the day was. I, I mean, the I, biggest news of the day is not Jace McClellan flipping okay, because everybody okay. knew that was going to happen. It, right. Yeah. Well, I want everybody on Sooner Scoop knew that was going to happen. Sure, my friend out in there you know, were San some Francisco reactions that are like, "Yo, you really didn't know." Okay, I, I would say uh, of the of the things that happened, I would say the biggest story is probably the Reggie Grimes situation. Okay, um, you know, for those. Uh, I guess I don't know how many people out there are listening to this podcast that didn't follow yesterday. I mean, it's kind of the one time that we actually kind of do have the spotlight as far as recruiting goes. Reggie Grimes had, from everything I had understood, was planning to sign. Going into Monday, Tuesday of this week, there were some rumors that he wasn't going to, but I kept hearing he's going to sign, he's going to sign, it's all fine. Well, Wednesday he gets up and he tells Mike Farrell, that he was not going to sign. And at some point, I'm like, I can't just keep ignoring things that he and his family are saying. I mean, that, that's that's just too relevant to the story. So I put something on the board, and as the day went on, you just kind of kept hearing, well, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. What I understand is that he wanted to have, and I, I believe it's his mother, wanted to have his grandparents at the ceremony they were planning to have yesterday. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's health, I don't know if it was travel, I don't, I don't know the why, but they couldn't make it, and they decided to push things back to February. Now, I've been told everyone at Oklahoma is okay with this, they understand the situation, and are 100% satisfied with where things are. So I, I don't think there's a lot to worry about. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in January. I think you can read a lot into what happened yesterday by how things are handled in January. I'd certainly have to think that there's a certain level of, uh, I guess trust would be the right word, 
between Oklahoma and the Grimes family, though, that I guess what I'm saying is they just wouldn't let anybody do this. Is, is they must they have something that tells them like this is a handshake agreement. I'm I'm coming. Don't worry about it. Uh, you know, he tweets out the thing about closing down uh, his recruitment and all that kind of stuff. It just it doesn't seem like what you're. But I guess basically what I'm trying to say is. There's not a level of worry no. in Norman, Oklahoma, about Reggie Grimes no. right now, Bob. And, and that's what Lincoln Riley he even talked, not about Grimes, clearly, because he, he hasn't signed yet, but what he talked about is that you know the level of trust, you know who's legit when they say they're commit and they're shutting it down, and who's still wishy-washy, who's still maybe not as certain, and sometimes because they're in a different part of their recruitment in terms of where, well, you know, what schools they've seen, how much they've been sought after, things of of, of that nature. But I think it, it is a trust factor. He mentioned it a lot with Andrew Rame, who, of course, is the next recommitment that you go with C.D. Lamb, Theo Weiss, and just that you have to accept that and you have to sort of know based on what you develop with the, the recruit and with his family and how how you need to proceed from there. Do you need to keep working, or can you shut it down? And I agree that when it comes to Grimes, I think they're going to shut it down. I don't think they have much to worry about, but we'll see when January comes around. If any weird offers come out of the blue, you'll know something's about to go down. And if there was going to be someone right now that would be trying to work to sway him, it'd be, what, South Carolina, do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's clearly the school that felt like him not signing would be a huge win for them. Uh, I, I People mentioned Tennessee. Tennessee just didn't seem, for whatever that reason, they, or for whatever reason, they just didn't seem that engaged in what he was doing. So I, I don't really think he um, is a big – I don't expect the volunteers to get that involved. But South Carolina is that school that I, I think – if anyone was going to try, I think it would clearly be them. Now, I, I'll i say this. You know, Lincoln Riley clearly a couple years ago had just that monster offensive, you know, signing class. Five stars all over the place. You had quarterbacks. You had wide receivers. And I'm not saying that it, this is comparable, but coming off the season that they did, do you kind of have to almost – revel a little bit in the class that Alex Grinch was able to bring in, not just for the high school talent, but for the immediate help that he could be getting through the JUCO ranks? Well, I, I think you do. I mean, you look at two guys in Joshua Ellison and Perrion Winfrey that are guys that are immediate impact kind of players. Winfrey may start next year. Ellison is a guy that will come in, I think, probably a lot like LaRon Stokes as far as the level of impact. I mean, just a steady good player going to be good depth could even you know work into the starting rotation I don't know like Stokes I don't know that he's a superstar as far as going to make all the big plays like the Redmonds or the Perkins or whatever but he is a guy that will be a steadying force a good player on your defensive front and I mean let's be honest you can't have enough of those kind of guys so that's huge and then you throw in Justin Harrington who I think is a little undervalued even by Oklahoma fans. Like I, I keep reading people like, oh, I don't know about this and I don't know about that. I see a big guy who can run, makes plays on the when the ball's in the air, big hitter, very aggressive. Um I I feel like he's a lot of what you're looking for at safety. Now we'll have to see 
Because so often you see these guys with great junior college tape show up and it doesn't look the same when they start facing more, you know, I guess advanced offenses and you start seeing some of the things that can trip up um, junior college players. Those things start to happen and start to be a problem. But with what I know about him, what I can definitely verify, I, I really like him. It made it tough talking to Grinch. Because you knew he was getting secondary help throughout the day, but he couldn't talk about it yet. Because the signing day part of Riley and Grinch was so early. Kendall Dennis wasn't in yet. Justin Harrington wasn't official. You didn't know if Joshua Eaton was going to sign. And it's like, you knew that him and Roy Manning had earned the right. They were about to really clean up with top targets that they were searching for here during the last couple months. But that he just couldn't talk about it yet. But, yeah, it was a really nice day for Grinch. And now you're getting an idea of what it means to be a Grinch guy. As much as he's worked with what's on campus and definitely made it work with guys like Motley and Buki, now we know, okay, when Grinch says speed D and he says, you know, we're looking for, for his type of guys in the, in the secondary, we're looking at these long and fast and you know guys like Eaton like Dennis like like Harrington and so now people have a blueprint of what to expect when it comes to the secondary throughout the next few uh, few years or however long Grinch plans on staying in Norman who's your position MVP coach on defense is it Tibbs mm, I would think it almost has to be it, right yeah could you, you needed mean, that defensive tackle because People always what? They point to Gallimore, Overton, and Fab Matau leaving. But really, it's because of Derek Green and Ron Tatum. You lost those two guys that you thought were going to be part of this rotation. So you couldn't just go to a high school kid and expect him to be where a second or third year guy should be in the, in the program. You had to hit it big in the junior college ranks. And you couldn't have done a better job with than Winfrey and Ellison. Now, I, I, I'm sorry, Josh, did you have something you wanted to add there? No, I mean, I was really going to back up what you're saying. I mean, you look at it, Ellison, Grimes, and Winfrey, those are three guys that you expect to start for Oklahoma, probably within the first two years they're on campus. That's, I, I can't name any other group in the defense that I would say that about. I mean, there's, and I mean, part of that is there's only a couple of corners. There's only, you know, there are limitations to it, but I mean, Grimes and Winfrey are NFL kind of talents, and I don't know, other than maybe Kendall Dennis and Eaton, I think they have that kind of upside. I don't think there's anybody else in that defense that you definitely say that's there for them if they just kind of keep on the right path. And, and here's something I think that we should probably highlight is, like, there are going to be a lot of people out there that are focused on, you know, the negative with losing Jace McClellan, uh, but it, we probably would contribute to that because we saw him so much recently. We gave you a lot of video to, you know, salivate over recently. And now you can say it was a fumble on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not only was it a fumble, but it was I a think screw you, job. Yeah. I, think, I think he's been playing ineligibly. <laughs> but <laughs> opening investigation, IUL, UIL. But Josh, not to focus on what they didn't get, but what they did get in Seth McGowan, kind of tell people the type of running back that they're getting that's not Jace McClellan in this class. You know, and this this isn't sour grapes or anything like it. I'm Jace McClellan's a good player. I've been pretty open for a long time that I thought McGowan was the better prospect. Yeah, you have. I, think, I mean, you've been pretty consistent there. I, I think McClellan 
is a guy that there's a lot of wear on the tires. And, and you've seen some of the Alito guys come out before, and it was an issue once they got to college. With McGowan, it's not that he hasn't had plenty as well. He's carried a lot for Poteet. Now, this year, he didn't do much at all. I think he, I don't know that if he eclipsed 100 carries all season for Poteet. They, they really limited his workload. He redshirted. Uh, I saw, yeah, I mean, really, basically. basically like, I mean, I, I think he played in five or six games. I mean, like, he sat out at least half the season. Um, but anyway, what you get in McGowan, and, and it's an interesting trait, I, I think he is a very comparable player to Rodney Anderson. And now, with McGowan, a lot of the traits that we saw in Anderson that we didn't see until college, I and mean, we've always joked about Katie and they're not throwing to running backs, you saw that in McGowan. I mean, he played a lot of receiver this year for Poteet. He is a very skilled pass catcher, can do all those things, can work up the middle, can play out in the flats. I mean, he can do anything you want as a receiver. And then when you see him in person, I mean, Seth McGowan is a large running back. He is... Just like I said, just like Rodney, you can tell he lives in the weight room. He is all of 210, 215 right now as a high school kid. He'll be one of the more impressive guys in that running back room the second he walks into it. He's just that kind of player. And I think because of that, I'm a little more okay with some of you know the carries. He had a lot of carries as a sophomore and junior. I think, though, he is more physically capable of kind of living with that than maybe another guy would be. So, I, I, like I said, I think McGowan's a very complete back. He's not a home run hitter, um, and really, I say I think that's really the only obvious thing you could kind of knock him for. But between the tackles, getting 15 yards, getting eight yards here, there, doing it in a variety of ways. I mean, he's got great vision, great vision, great feet, and there's just a lot to like about his game. Very complete player. Josh, when you talk running back. Is it? Do we have to see what happens with Kenny Brooks and Trey Sermon before determining whether or not they try to go for someone in the next six weeks? Yeah, because I don't think Oklahoma is in any rush to do anything. I checked with several of the backs that you would kind of think, okay, maybe they made a call there. Uh, they didn't reach out to Sevion Morrison. They didn't reach out to Isaiah Jacobs. I did not hear back from him, but based on those two pieces of information, I'm pretty confident they did not reach out to Dominic Richardson. So you've got three in-state Power 5 guys that they didn't even try, which maybe it would have been too late, but I don't know. I mean, th those guys, some of those guys were kind of fixated on OU at different points and would have made sense if they at least, you know, pushed it back and said, okay, we're going to wait till February. We'll see what Oklahoma has to say. But Oklahoma never even opened that conversation. I think, though, if you were going to look for two guys at running back that you said, okay, maybe OU kicks the tires here a little bit, Corey Wren out of Louisiana would be a name, and I've mentioned him on the board as a guy that I think makes some sense. A, I mean, you talk about McGowan not having home run speed. Corey Wren is a home run hitter to the max. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys in the state of Louisiana. Um, I believe is like a 400-meter champion in the state or something. So, I mean, he's a guy that can absolutely fly. The other is same story, Cavantre Bradford from Lancaster. Um Another flyer that I know loves Oklahoma. Right now, he kind of looks like Wisconsin may be the choice for him. But I think if Oklahoma wanted to get involved, they would. That that's a race they could win. Do you do you think that they would get involved? Like, is is the running back position as far as kind of what Bob insinuated? I guess it, it kind of works in Oklahoma's favor that 
by the end of, I mean, by mid-January, you're going to probably you're know, know what the yeah. what the score is with Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks. Yeah, I don't think you can ask, will they until Brooks and, and Sermon, you know what they're doing? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Okay. And I, and I, and, and I mean, and then you also measure in, does someone leave? Does TJ Pledger yeah. think about doing something else? Sure. You know, that... Uh, there's a several things you can decide on. And the nice thing for Oklahoma, where we've talked about the calendar not really being advantageous for Oklahoma in December, in January, about the time those decisions will have to be made is about the time that our first official visits can start happening. So Oklahoma can kind of keep in contact with these guys, kind, but they don't have to lay their cards on the table until they really know what's what. And then they can say, okay, yeah, we want you to come in and, you know, in January. Or, you know, they, they can kind of play that cool or you know heat it up however they want to do it and that's a nice little advantage they have and obviously like I said in the case of Bradford that's a guy that I have received multiple messages from multiple places that he would be very interested and this is dating back to when it was you know McClellan was going to be part of the class and everything was fine that he is very interested in Oklahoma as a whole would you and I don't want to I'm not definitely not doing this to be rude but should Oklahoma fans be worried about the state of the running back recruitment at Oklahoma right now? I I mean, I, I think um, that's a fair question after what happened yeah. yesterday. After you lose a guy that had what I'm gonna I'm I basically call a miscalculation of the relationship. Is I, that I is that unfair? I think that's it. My because my biggest issue with this whole thing is about what it looks like. Not mm -hmm. that Jason McClellan's an irreplaceable player. I don't feel that he is. Um, I think he's very good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. We're not talking about oh, you lost Adrian Peterson, you know, on signing day or anything like that. that that's not what just happened. But it's the perception that Alabama can come in and take a guy in a matter of about ten days that seemed prior to that point absolutely locked in for you. Now, whether that's entirely true is a little hard to know because Jace just doesn't say much, so it's hard to know exactly where he was, but there was no indication that something was amiss until Alabama really got in there and got involved. See, and something I doesn't smell right there because of all the coaches unfollowing and, and you know just that there being like there was some something that happened. And and I don't know if it was a meeting that happened with his family, with his, you know, uh, his mom, but there was something. I, I'm not saying I know, oh, it, it, you know, for a fact this happened. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, something had to have happened that that basically soured that relationship. And I don't know what it is, but it just seems like it has all the hallmarks of that happening, Josh. Yeah, there is, and I don't want. It's it's one of those tough spots. I feel like I, for those that you don't know, aren't on the he board, does, he's nervous about talking about <laughs> it. You want me to present it? <laughs> let, let me just say this: for those that are on the board, we do a post NSD chat. I do it every year, and it's it's. I think right now at like four hundred, trying to get subs, four hundred fifty replies. Like it's it's you it's very busy. <laughs> there are certain things I will answer in that in that thread that I can't always say publicly. There are some clear indications that on Monday night something went wrong. Some, there was a, I think it was kind of a you're in or you're out conversation. And I don't get the impression that Jace flatly said he was out, but he definitely couldn't say he was in. And I think that was when Oklahoma just said, you know what? Best of luck. After I, two I, years, I, you're going to pull this shit on us? Yeah. That, that, I, <laughs> and, when was like, do you know? And that's a, like, I could see someone losing their cool, like, 
do you know what kind of running back pool was out there this year and we wasted Wait, a spot on mm-hmm. you? I mean, well, that's how I would that's, feel. That's that's where what Eddie's initial question really becomes an issue because with all the talent at running back in 2020, oh, you get Seth McGowan, a lifelong OU fan, and that's it. Yeah, and that's... It's it's not as I just said. Seth McGowan's a really good player. There's nothing wrong with him. He can be a workhorse guy for you. There's nothing wrong with that signing. But Oklahoma passed up on numerous guys they could have gotten. Bijan Robinson. OU had a legit chance with him in the spring, and that is currently the number one running back in the country. Kendall and Milton. We'll sign, and, and will not only not only is he the number one running back in the country, he's going to Texas. So. You've lost twice. You lost to Jace, and you're going to have to face this kid, and you had a chance to go get him. And that – it's just uh, – you, you let Jalen Knighton go. I mean, we talked about it yeah, way back when. Yep. That was not really Jalen Knighton. OU was like, eh, you do whatever you want to do. Because I think they wanted Seth McGowan instead, and that's fine. But I always talked about Seth and Jace, though different in body type and – a lot of other ways, they were similar in the way they go about things. The way they have success is similar. Why wouldn't you have gone for a guy like Jalen Knighton, who is very different than both of those guys and can be used in different ways? I, like I said, there's plenty of talent in that running back room. But at the same time, there should be, shouldn't there? I mean, like that, that's... No, absolutely. It's, it's Oklahoma's offense. It's not exactly, you know... You're not having to do monumental work to get good talent to come in and play for you. Oh, I'd even go as far to say, at not even with Oklahoma's current offense, just at the school of Oklahoma, yeah. you should have phenomenal running backs. I mean, you don't have, people you like have, to boast that it's RBU? You should always have two running backs that are going to get drafted in that room. Absolutely. And then, Josh, I know things could have changed from May on, but how probable, likely, you think Kendall Milton could have been had they stuck with it, I I I think they had a real chance. Now with Georgia and the way they operate and do, you know, they are that's a monster. I mean, there, there's no two ways about it. I don't know if they would have hung on, but at the time, am I supposed to CC this to the NCAA real quick? <laughs> <laughs> at the time that Oklahoma walked on him, I mean, and I, this is I, I can tell you, this is from numerous other schools. He was as much OU as he was anything else. Like, OU had a very, very real chance at Kendall Milton. And just and, – and I – for those that think, oh, well, they just walked on him for no reason or they didn't want to do the work, that's not – that OU pretty clearly, since Lincoln Riley has arrived, likes to have their running back recruiting done by early summer. They don't want to keep messing with it. They don't want to chase guys forever. They want to have that position locked away so they can start working on the next class. And that's fine. That's a policy, and that like it's you know it's hard to argue. They've had a lot of good results, but in this case, I think it bit them because they didn't want to wait. And when you look at it, Seth McGowan committed in early June, and uh, Kendall committed in like late July. So it was like six or seven weeks. I mean, I I get that that's not what you exactly what you wanted to do, but it feels like maybe maybe you jumped the gun a little. Uh, let me take this opportunity and we'll get back into recruiting, but remind you guys, uh, our title sponsor, MidFirst Bank, 
Uh, want you guys to go to the website, midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, they're proud to be the exclusive provider of the OU credit card. Uh, if you sign up for the OU Rewards credit card, you can do that right there on the website. Uh, you can earn $150 credit uh, if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of uh, having your OU Rewards card. Also, you can register for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience with every qualifying purchase you make. Uh, and that will get you an entry for uh, the ultimate game day experience with VIP tickets to a football or basketball game. Plus, you get $500. There's no reason not to sign up. You get the uh, uh, OU card in your pocket. So every time you take it out and pay for something, everybody knows you're a huge Sooner fan. You can enjoy 0% off for the first year. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a really great deal. Pre- uh, really appreciate having MidFirst Bank as a uh, title sponsor of the unofficial 40 podcast and uh hope you go support them it's uh, midfirst.com slash u40 after the uh offensive line that bill beatembo signed yesterday <laughs> does it matter who the running back is i think there's going to be some holes up front that is it, it happened so early and oklahoma had all the pieces of the puzzle what before the season even started no no that's not true they need Harrison to get the, the east coast yeah yeah yep. yeah um but you look at this group, guys, and you know we talked about it in the one of the stories on the front page and Bob and I's uh, class awards. Bob talked about you know the the future star of the class being Raim, um, and I talked about one of the guys I love is Anton Harrison. I mean, like there really is something for everybody in this group, um, and we've talked about it a lot. I won't you know spend as much time on it as some other topics, but this group is so versatile; they can. You've got guys that could play three, four different positions. Uh, Noah Nelson is a guy that I think because of the other talent that's there, he can have the time he's going to need to develop. I think he is a guy with a lot of upside, but there is a, he's got more work to do than some of the other guys because they're 310, 3, you know, and he's probably 275. I mean, he just has some growing to do. But you look at Rain, you look at Parks, you look at Anderson. I mean, you're talking about – a bunch of guys that could be playing on Sundays in the not-too-distant future. And that, that versatility is something Lincoln preached about yesterday. I mean, they're not all going to work out like Cody Ford, but it's clear he wants guys who can go inside or outside. And if it doesn't work at one spot, don't throw in the towel. Don't hit the transfer portal. Let's try you at the other position and see if it can work out there. Because, I mean, it's something he mentioned quite a bit. He's not... You know, as much as it's nice to have a pure tackle or something, when you've got people with these this flexibility, boy, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, and that is – that's something, and you guys could talk to this better than I can. Bill Biedenboe, it's amazing that he does not have more attrition than he does because he clearly works those guys hard. And then, you know, to have the, the strength and conditioning program that Oklahoma does and all those things – you look. I mean, Carrie and I can remember back in the early 2000s, it was just a turnstile of guys coming in and within a year or two were gone just all the time. Man, Gino would make them cry. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I, I mean, we know guys. why it was happening. <laughs> Literally. I think he did but, kill Adam Carpenter. <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things where Cliff OU Tuckawana. does not have that problem. Adrian Ely stays. You know, Cody Ford stays through all his time. Hell, the, uh, Alex Dalton stayed. When Alex Dalton had every reason in the world to leave, knowing yeah. it was just not working out and he was never going to play, but he stayed, and that, you know, like that—that's where 
like for maybe for Oklahoma at that point with Alex Dalton, they're like, well, we could afford the scholarship. But now when you're just continuing to further your talent base, it's it's pretty impressive what he's doing. They're they're in rich get richer mode, and it's kind of what you know Oklahoma fans or college football fans just in general looked at uh, Alabama over the last five years, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Is like, how do you continue to recruit guys when they know they're going to be replace or basically backing up another five star? And it's, I, I guess, for a, a lack of better terms, it's a culture. He's created a culture on that offensive line group that if you come and you stick it out, not only are you going to have a chance to play, but you're going to have a chance to probably go play in the NFL, even if you maybe don't start at Oklahoma. And then, I mean, how easy is it to stick with it when you see a guy like Lane Johnson getting yeah, paid absolutely. like he's getting paid? Uh, and then, you know, you have all those other guys in the league. And, you know, Orlando Brown's going to get paid a lot of money someday. Uh, but... The other thing is, and we wrote about this year, I remember you talked to Adrian Ely about it, like, it's surprising how, you know, much those guys are coaches on the field, too. I mean, like, they they have a, a maturity level that you just don't expect out of football players in general, but then, uh, you know, the the reaching out that the, the former players do to the current players, and they give it back, and they... You know, they, they have a text group that they stick around with. Like, those guys are learning how to be the next great offensive line at Oklahoma. It's a, it's a really tight group. It's yeah. a tight-knit group. It's like a, it's like a fraternity, really. Yeah. No, it is for sure. I, I don't I know mean, if they have a secret handshake. We were talking, I think they just rub bellies against each other. I know it kind of sounds <laughs> non-homo, but or kind of homo in a non-homo way, but I think that's kind of what they do. I, who were we talking? We were just talking to somebody about that care. I think it was Adrian Ely, maybe. It was Ely, yeah. Because uh, I wrote about, that story because with Jamal Brown yeah. and him talking about. And, I mean, those in. guys are around the program a lot. Co- Cody Ford was in Stillwater. Uh, what was that? Three weeks ago. Yeah, he was. That's right. Yeah. Those guys all. I mean, they got, are, they got the matching tattoos and all that stuff. I mean, yeah. I I do wonder, Joe like, group. like the one thing I do wonder, like, is that what? might push Creed to the NFL just because all of his friends are in the NFL. Like the he's he's been teaching these guys how to be offensive linemen at Oklahoma. Does he really feel, you know, the connection to these he guys? Came he came in with did? them though. Yeah, that's true. He came in with Hayes and Robinson. They're all twenty and Ely. They're all twenty seventeen. Just a gut feeling. It's just he played first. I mean Bob, we di- we didn't really get anything out of the availability no, Wednesday afternoon. That's weird. But- I mean, we talked to Creed, and he was asked, and obviously he's going to give the uh, company line of haven't really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Murray said the same thing. Just thinking about the bowl game. Just, just between those two guys, though, it felt different. I don't know if I was just reading into something, maybe something that like I Like you felt I like believe. Murray was out the door, I, but I, not Humphrey? Yeah, yeah. There was just Basically. that feeling I, I don't know. That's just night. a complete... Yeah, we're, I, I'm still basing on... Grasping at straws. Senior night. The way he embraced his family... Felt like a guy that realized he'd played his final home game in Norman. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I and I could make the argument too that maybe he wants to come back when the Remington. I don't know if that's something that's just extreme. I don't think that that would be the reason you come back to play. But I don't know. I mean, and I think we've talked about it before on the podcast. Just as far as I don't know where he would go in the draft right now. I don't right. know what. The league thinks of uh, the way that he had. Uh, He's not viewed the way as the most went. dominant center in college football, or or one of the most dominant linemen. And in if college you're, football. I think he makes up for that though with everything else. It's like that guy would come in and he could be a 
not immediate impact guy, but you know what? You know what will know. have I, a lot to do with it in my mind is like you go back to that Alabama game last year and you see the stuff that he put on tape against Quinn and Williams, and there was some sure. really good stuff. If he goes out against LSU and puts together more really good tape and is impressive, and then you have back to back, you know, playoff appearances of you playing two really good defensive lines and, and having some dominant moments, I almost think you have to go. I'll, I would tell my son to go. You there, just, I told the joke before. You could tell it. You're just Boom. looking. You're just looking for a payday. <laughs> if if he's second round, is that good enough? See, I think you could. Yeah, because he's a sinner. Is it? See, I, I was going to say you could come back and work your way into the middle first round. Like maybe the first I, I don't offensive know how, lineman taken. I, I, don't I don't know how to league value. Obviously, the he spot. Yeah, and he wouldn't be taken in front of Sewell next year. So I, he wouldn't be the first offensive line taken. I yeah. mean, Sewell might be a top three. Is going to be a probably yeah. a top three yeah. pick. I don't know if we lost Josh or not. No, no, I'm here. No, and, and, no, I agree completely. To me, if Creed's a second rounder, if he gets that grade, come back. Like, and I, I very rarely say that. We need the money, Creed, Josh. <laughs> Carrie, I want you to give him the advice. He has a chance to be one of those top. You know, he'll be in the. He could be in the first twenty next year. That signing bonus alone is going to make up the difference. I mean, just, just wait, buddy. It's not a rush. Don't do the money grab. Just give it time. I, you know, I, I'm interested to see what back, NFL front offenses <laughs> really getting the money. You can make up all the money lost. Creed Humphrey has not got a snap off the ground <laughs> through the first three games. Coincidentally, OU has not covered. Coincidentally, Kerry Murdoch keeps showing up in gold chains in the press box. <laughs> We're not sure what's happened. Well, he just. Somehow got a Rolex Daytona between <laughs> now and the last game. He doesn't even want a parking pass. He wants a helicopter pad on top of the stadium. <laughs> Joe, Joe, could you put one on top of the press box? The walk through the stadium. I just I can't be around those too people. much. That many pours. Do you expect me to be around that many pours? <laughs> All right, but but oh, we talked offense. Like here's one thing I wanted to get at, and this is going back to the defense. And I, I want to know if you feel this way, Josh and, and Bob. Feel free to chime in here. But do we have to? Is maybe the biggest signing in this class because I'm going to phrase it this way: because Alex Grinch needed someone to believe in him. He needed someone to say, "I think this guy is going to make it better." Uh, to kind of be his bell cow is is Bryson yes. Washington the biggest signing of this class? Spoiler alert! That's what I wrote. Defensive awards. Yeah, he. They, oh, of course, he does it on the pod before he does the website. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> he he had to be because he looked like a Texas lock for so long that even when he made his official visit to Norman for the spring game, it's like it doesn't matter. He's going to Texas. And during that two-month span from April to June, they won him over. And then Riley told the story yesterday about that was – we all knew. It was when they were there at the Texas Rangers game. The oh, wow. It wasn't eyes. It was oh, oh, wow. That was Bryson Washington calling to commit. Yeah, I remember that. And they're all at the Rangers game. They're all FaceTiming with the entire staff. And, of course, Bryson went public J July 4th. And what was – what, what I wrote is that 
with each game, you could see him puff his chest out more. It's like, I made the right move. Mm-hmm. Grinch has got this going in the right direction. There's no second guessing necessary. I know I'm doing exactly what I need to do. And now it's up to me to start bringing some others with me because we're definitely going to do big things when we all get there. When we all get there. And Josh, I remember, you know, everybody's eyes were on Kylie Ringo or Keely Ringo. I, I, I'm never going to say. I'm like Eddie with Ellinger um, with him. Uh, so everybody was, you know, fixated on him uh, at the five star. And then, you know, you kind of get like, he, it, OU's kind of falling out. It's not really going to happen. Uh, and then every, everybody's kind of attention turns to Bryce and Washington. Uh, but you've seen him, you know, in elite competition situations What's OU getting in this kid? You know, with Washington, I think you get a guy that has the elite ball skills that that Grinch talks about that he looks for. It's a guy that can cover in space. I think you can line him up over a tight end, and he's going to be okay. He's not going to get out physical, but he's you know he's athletic enough to kind of move around and do what he needs to do to make a play. Uh, I don't. What's interesting to me is I don't know that he is the guy that I would have originally said. Yeah, that's the safety Grinch is looking for because I thought of guys that were more like corners playing safety, and that's not exactly what Bryson Washington is. He's a little more physical. He can come up and play run. He can do things like that. I thought it would be guys that are a lot like Turner Yell. I mean, maybe bigger like that. That's fine, but that kind of quickness, speed. You know, we're going to play fast. That kind of thing. Washington is not the twitchiest guy on the planet. He's not like slow. I don't. I want to get the wrong impression, but he's just a bigger, more physical safety than I really had expected them to go after. But you know, I heard his comments yesterday, and he sounded like th- this is a very close embodiment of what we're looking for at that safety position. And again, I mean, I got. I went and saw him in a game. I've seen him two of the last three years. And in each one, he either had a fumble caused or he caused an interception or he had a big touchdown catch in the game I saw him in this year. I mean, this is a guy that is accustomed to being around the ball and going and getting it. And so, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for Oklahoma. Who are the guys in this class that you would consider, you know, kind of forgotten treasures? I mean, guys that, you know, maybe have been committed for a while or don't don't have a, you know, a lofty ranking next to them. Uh, guys that you feel like are kind of undervalued. I think this is maybe the most obvious one, isn't it, Josh? I think we all would agree on it. No, I went uh, uh, a Renze. Ooh, okay. I did. Because Were you going to go Henderson? Oh, I was going to Marvin Mims, no doubt. Okay. He's, he's the most decorated <laughs> high school pass catcher in the state of Texas ever. That that would be a real one for me, Eddie. Now, we finally got him into the Rivals 250, so I feel like he's gotten a little bit of credit. Okay, But I right. mean... I, you talk about what he's done and the numbers he put up this year, and you're like, how is he not higher than that? So, I mean, like, I get it, but to me it's the degree. And the guy that I, I still think is just overlooked is Shane Witter. I knew I Josh was Shane going with Witter. Witter. I knew it. Um, I, that is a guy that, you know, when I watch him on tape, I see a, a guy with great instincts, and when I talk to people, they're like, his football IQ is just off the charts. They, they, they just rave about how smart he is. But – then you go and look at some of his testing stuff. This is a guy that was running four fives at a Nike camp. So you're talking about electric clock at six one and two hundred and you know ten two hundred and fifteen pounds. 
okay, I can work with all that stuff. I mean, that that's not just a guy that you're like, well, he's really smart, but he'll have to be because he, he can't get there very fast. Like, this is a good athlete that sees things well and reacts very quickly. I I think he's one of those guys, and I've said it in multiple stories, I think he is a guy that we'll look back on in three or four years and say, how did everybody else not see this? Like, I, I think he might be very good. Would it be fair to say that, I mean, Witter is a guy – Obviously, that I, I don't want to say OU stumbled into by any means, but he's a guy that OU and namely Brian Odom identified and said, that's the guy I want. That's my type well, of, right. of football I don't player. care how many stars are next to his name. That's who I want to coach. Exactly. And that, you know, I, I know talking to someone, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the high school coaches that had come in contact with Brian Odom early on, and I think I might have mentioned this in the pod before, but he was talking about Odom kind of, breaking down what he wants in a linebacker and uh, again i mean you guys have dealt with him odom's a very passionate guy i mean he runs hot he just does and he was talking to the coach about i don't want just a body here i don't want a guy that could be a decent player or might make all big 12 when i look at a guy i want to say that guy could win a buckus trophy for me like th- that that's what he sees it as and i'm not saying witters that guy and obviously every coach in the country feels that way but that's the kind of goal he's looking at and when he people get lost in the whole Edgerin Cooper and Shane Witter and how that's connected sure Oklahoma wanted Edgerin Cooper there's no question that was their initial offer that's a guy they liked a lot there, there's just no argument to that but Oklahoma saw enough in Shane Witter to say you know what Edgerin if you want to keep messing around with LSU and you want to keep waiting to see what they're going to tell you we're just going to walk. We're, we're not going to keep doing this. We're not going to wait on you forever. We feel more than comfortable with Shane Witter. And they made that move. So it, it's not like I said. It's just not that Oklahoma said, oh, well, I mean, we're going to lose Edger and Cooper anyways. No, they really like Shane Witter. Mr. Prisbillo, make your case for Noah Arenze. Because they did so much evaluation on him. Because he was on campus, what, like three or four different times from February to like May. So they really took their time to make sure this is who they wanted. And Calvin Thibodeau made made the move. He committed. You look at his season stats. You look at the body type, and you're like, okay, I get how he's going to fit. And I think that comes back to a lot to what we've talked about. We, clear identity, clear scheme. It made things a lot easier because you knew, okay, well, that's where this guy is going to go. He's not just a freak athlete that will try to figure it out. This is where he's going to play. And I think they have a good idea of what Renze is going to bring to the table. All right. I uh, want to remind you guys, SeatGeek is our official uh, ticketing partner at Soonerscoop.com. And uh, I know a lot of you guys have been using SeatGeek and uh, really appreciate that. But obviously, with the big bowl game coming up, if you guys are going to drive over to Atlanta, uh, you're looking for some, some decently priced tickets. You don't want to get gouged. Uh, or you just want to have them before you take off. Uh, go download the SeatGeek app. Uh, they pull together millions of tickets from all over the web, uh, and they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. So you know exactly what you're getting yourself into as far as the deal. I'm looking at the the Peach Bowl uh, right now, and they've got tickets for pairs starting out at uh, $170, $117 each. So you're not going to get price gouged. You're going to get the best prices. You're going to be able to have an app that, uh, that that works better than anything else that's out there. Uh, I've used them. Eddie's used them. Uh, uh, Josh has used them to go to some Astros games. Uh, I don't think Bob will. Bob doesn't like paying for food 
I don't know if he'll ever pay for a sporting event. Maybe a maybe a Bears well, game. Thunder games. Yeah, I uh, think on, on in the in laws have season in -law tickets. tickets. Ah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I set you up. Yeah. You should have just said it. <laughs> but yeah, Thunder games. If you know you want to go catch the Thunder, it's not difficult uh, to catch the Thunder. Uh, they don't stink as bad as everybody thought, but you can get reasonably placed price tickets. Uh, just go download the SeatGeek app. And here's the thing: uh, put in the promo code Scoop, and you'll get ten bucks off your first purchase. So download the app. Uh, use the promo code. It's scoop, and you get ten dollars off your first purchase. So thanks to SeatGeek for being a great partner and a great sponsor of the uh, unofficial Forty Podcast over the years. All right, um, the next part. Let's go. You want to go over the disaster <laughs> that was yesterday? You want to go over how you nuked? I don't the think press it was conference? a disaster at all. It was for Lincoln. I, you, I mean, you got to admit, you could tell it was just like, oh, God. What, I thought he handled end? it well, though. I, I thought did. overall it was handled pretty well, and I, I was expecting it to be some kind of ultimate just big shit show, to be honest. Yeah. And it really wasn't yeah. that. I mean, yeah. and I, I think that... He did have to finally just say, I'm not going to talk about it yeah. anymore. Yep. Do we want to rewind all the way back to, like, Monday morning? Yeah, I mean Sunday evening or Sunday was it Sunday, Sunday evening? Was, Sunday. Okay, I was gonna say it was Sunday, Sunday night, and I couldn't remember if it was Sunday or Monday morning. But I can trigger the podcast if you want me to. I mean, I mean, I have, I have, I have a story. You can, you can steer it whichever way you want. I'm just, I have a story. I'm, I'm that buckled might, in. I'm buckled in and ready to roll. <laughs> that might make for mass bannings. Just the comment on what I'm getting ready to tell you. So I am. I did Christmas with my family last weekend. Same. Um, and so... I believe they call that Hanukkah. <laughs> we're not Jewish. Um, <laughs> so I did... It's called, you know, we go to bowl games every year. So my family's just used to, like, Carrie's not going to be here for Christmas. Let's go to Florida. And, and my sister lives in Florida, so they're going to go spend Christmas with her. Uh, anyway, so I... I went out shopping for my dad one day, got him a nice watch. Uh, and I told my mom, okay, he got a nice watch. What do you want? She said, I want a new dishwasher. So we go to the Nebraska Furniture Mart. We're walking around looking at uh, dishwashers. And I look down and Mike Stoops is calling me. And I'm like, what does Mike Stoops want? Uh, and I hadn't, I like people see I do this to myself. Your best it's buds. Not like, it's not like Mike and I talk every week. This is the first time in six months, probably. Well, it's your three, weekly four talk. Months it, it, it was time for your Sunday it. chat. It was your Sunday chat time. Hello, Michael. <laughs> I'm shopping for you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I just asked for this. So anyway, I figured like, oh, he's like, hey, what's going on? And and um, I thought I could tell him, well, I'm out shopping with my mom to get Say a Christmas present. preparing for a playoff. What about you? <laughs> Um, and so, <laughs> yes, I trash talked him because that, you know, Mike, that goes over so well I'm when you talk shit kidding. to Mike Stoops. I'm kidding. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, and so I figured he'd be like, okay, well, hey, let me call you later. And I, no, like 40 minutes later, I'm done talking to Mike Stoops. But the first thing he asked me is what's going on with these suspension rumors in Oklahoma? And I'm like, oh shit, is this real? Like, is this really happening? And so... I didn't know, and he didn't really know. So I, you know, I've finished talking to him. I helped my mom and uh, driving home, and 
I, I kind of knew things were blowing up on the board a little bit and the rumors were getting out of control and that it was going to be a full-blown deal, but I just had to get home and then I would deal with it. I think we all determined, like, look, we'll get on this Monday. Like, it's fine. And so I think maybe even some of us reached out to people on Sunday night. Yep. And it just yep. was one of those things like, okay, I mean, nowadays you got to check everything. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. it. As crazy as it sounds, going all the way back to 2015 when we're told Bob Stoops is going to retire, I check we everything that is conceivable, conceivable or reasonable, you got to check. Yeah. You just have to check nowadays. So, and and it's about, you know, one out of every three things that, when this happens, it's either someone got it twisted up and it's not really what it was or it just didn't happen at all. Like right. the Kennedy Brooks Kennedy is suspended. Brooks thing. Yeah. Um, so we start sending out feelers and we're all kind of discussing like, Okay, who should we check with? We check with this, we check with that. You know this person, you check with them, you know this. Like, we're assigning, you know, people to sources. And so, all the really, you know, good sources, I would say, the the obvious sources, which, you know, families, you know, people close, like, we all reached out to see if there was anything to it. And usually in that situation, you'll at least get a, uh, no, nah, that's that, I don't know where that's coming from, but that's not that's literally not like a like a laugh out loud. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, why? Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> but it became more like I haven't really talked to him. Let me get back to you, <laughs> and then they never get back to you, and then so you start hearing, you know, other things from people you're checking out, people close to them, and indirectly. And there's so many people you're going like you know third hand, fourth hand. And, like, you're getting this noise, but that's not enough for us to feel comfortable to report it. And so we're, we're, we continue to check with sources and, and, and check and check. And so, like, we wake up on Monday. We had a little bit more. Uh, Monday afternoon, we heard something else that was a little bit more. I, I would say by Monday afternoon, we had a pretty good idea who the players were or the main, main guys involved. It, it's kind of like the... Um I think we mentioned the Tylen Wallace thing before it came up, and it, it, this might be a bad example, but when you continue to hear yeah, things mm -hmm. and it's the same names and you continue to get non-committal, uh, non-committal, I guess... Uh, Non-denial non denial, Right, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it starts, things start adding up. And I, I think that that's probably just kind of the best way to say it as far as there were where there's smoke there's fire and this yeah. was a oh, this was a really? this was a massive really any smoke well i mean <laughs> <laughs> wow bob i love it you got me there <laughs> let me get my bubbler out real quick <laughs> so yeah i mean so so you know and i think by tuesday night well, I had already put that we confirmed their suspensions on the board, but we're not ready to name names because there was a thing like, and still to this day, still. it's like, was it, was it weed? Was it PEDs? And I think we feel a certain way that it was probably weed, um, which by the way, you're not going to win an appeal on weed. You just, everybody I talked to said, you're, there's no way that you win an appeal uh, for weed. So um, if it was weed, which we think it is, but we don't know 100%. 
then you're not going to win your appeals. But so we'll, anyway, we'll go through our research and development before I go off <laughs> on the idea that you should be suspended for I smoking know, a joint. But. I know. Um, well, at least it wasn't like the Utah State players that. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, got arrested just for having it in their system. They didn't even get caught with it. I honestly don't even know if that's legal. It can't be. No. Um, so anyway, um, Tuesday, we knew that there were suspensions. We kind of knew what the names were. And then early Wednesday morning, uh, Eddie had texted me something that was very concrete. And so then I texted someone, said, yes, that's true. That's exactly what I've heard. And we knew at that point. And okay, in between those two bumpers, Bob and Josh had come across stuff that was like, okay, this is this is very... Yeah. Like, the people that they had been talking to just basically... You could debunk certain names, and then you start to say, okay, you can circle that one. Right. And not one person, not once throughout the entire process did someone say, you're, you're not on the right track. Yeah, like you're it, way off base And, and yeah. that's what... I don't want to go into how to develop sources, all this stuff, but, like, that's the thing that, that was most telling is that the people that knew went completely dark. Like, you across the board, universally, you never see that happen. There'll at least be someone that lies. You can at least find one liar, but we couldn't even find one of those. So, yeah, and it's been interesting because, you know, now you talk to people in official capacities, and they acknowledge it. And Lincoln did somewhat acknowledge yeah. it yesterday. He definitely... He burnt Ramondre <laughs> Stevenson, um, and that was the first one. And so then the press conference is going on, and right after he kind of burns Ramondre Stevenson, I'm like, okay, he's not going to go into this. Uh, there was a part of me that was like, I need to release this so everyone here knows so they can ask directly about these players. And that didn't work because Lincoln just shut it down and refused to address uh, Ronnie Perkins. Well, because the thing about Ken Bridges. about Kennedy Brooks, why it was actually very clever to start with him, is because he had that been hit. Banged up, yeah. He took that hit against Baylor. So you're asking about his physical well-being, and then when you switch to Ramondre, who had nothing happen to him in the Baylor game, he scored championship-winning touchdown. Then it's like then Lincoln put it together. Oh wait a minute, I need to just stop talking. Period. So. It, and we haven't even actually, you know, just laid it out. Like, if, I don't know what rock you're living under if you don't know, but Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, Trajan Bridges, all suspended for the bowl game. Uh, there are more more players, but those are the most significant ones. And I can tell you, like, if, if you're thinking, well, I heard about Trey Brown or I heard about uh, Jalen Redmond. No, those guys aren't suspended. So it's the most significant players are those three right there. And and really, Trajan Bridges is included as significant, not because of an offensive player, but he's a big part of special teams. And so, and so, and so, so is Ramondre. So Stevenson. Yeah. It'll be interesting what Beamer and Bowler try to do with that group. I thought, I think just the first instant reaction when you hear that is probably get away with Bridges. That's okay. Like, they're going to, they, they can find somebody to fill in. Uh, we made him bigger than what his role was. Probably so. This season. We all thought it'd be bigger. Stevenson, again, yeah, you need a backup he's running a great, back. He's a great guy to have. And if, you, if, if you're going to be a bulk, ball control offense, you want as many running backs and people that have been uh, solid and rely, reliable, as, as many possible bodies as, as you can. 
But does he prevent you from winning that game? Probably not. Then you get to Ronnie Perkins. And, I mean, simply put, I I think Kenneth Murray's the most important person on the team uh, or on that defense. Ronnie Perkins is probably the best player on that defense. And here's the thing. His Josh, to me, Ronnie Perkins' athletic ceiling other than Neville Gallimore, like, that's what hurts so much is because you have a guy that is kind of coming of age uh, and he is also extremely talented. Like, he can raise his level of play along with LSU just won the Joe Moore award this morning by the way uh <laughs> <and> good luck <laughs> like they've won every award that's out there pretty much it is kind of crazy and Josh I'm sure you've watched LSU's offensive line throw it to you here but I was I was a little surprised that they're like 77th in sacks allowed this year I think they've given up 29 this year yeah, I mean it's a good group there's no question about it but oh, I'm not shitting on them believe me I'm no, 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 not trying I, to no, say no, that I, I, I was really going to agree with you. I, I'm a little surprised it's not Oregon. I thought Oregon was the best offensive line in the country this year, uh, largely led by the best offensive lineman in the country. Yeah. Um, Sewell's just a monster. Um, but I, that's what hurts the most about Perkins is because I think if there's one way OU can win this game, it's by creating pressure. Like I, I, I don't see any way that doesn't involve that story. And to lose – your best pass rusher up front, that's boy, that's tough. Yep. Uh, you know, that and that's and you know, and I, I've seen some stuff like, oh, I feel bad for the kids, and I, and I do too. I mean, I, it sucks. We're going to miss this opportunity, all that sort of thing. But I also feel bad for the the rest of that team that's put all this time and work into it, and then one stupid mistake apparently is going to cost probably cost OU a chance to really compete in this game. Jerry DiNardo on the Joe Moore Award Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't he be? Uh, I'm sure he voted for LSU, his great times there in Baton Rouge. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. He didn't actually leave there on good terms. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, like I said, it, I mean, it, it's a good group. I don't think it's as good as some others LSU have had, to be perfectly honest. But, I mean, they're. They're going to present Oklahoma with plenty of problems. I the more interesting story, and we can get into all that af- after we're done with this. But is the Clyde Edwards Hilaire situation? Yes, yeah, that is. I mean, I, and I would say this: it's an argument to be made, but to me, uh, Hilaire missing him is more impactful for them than missing Ronnie Perkins. They're both impactful, but to me, Hilaire is a guy that you know makes Joe Burrow better, makes that offense better. You're just losing a, a edge rusher when you're losing Ronnie Perkins. It's not he's not the almost, identity of your your unit. I would almost compare Edwards Hilaire to like Mixon for Mayfield. Like that connection, like they're gonna be in the right spots. Mm-hmm. They know what they want to do and they play off of each other really well. He's a safety valve too a lot of times in the past. Exactly. Game. So that'll be interesting. I mean it's hamstring injury uh, Ed Orgeron is playing at Coy, not saying a whole lot, probably because he knows Lincoln Riley won't say anything if anybody's hurt. It's, it's kind of one of those <laughs> things, too, that, I mean, you look down at the calendar, we're inside nine days. Or nine days. Nine days. Like, it's not that You're going to be on a plane in two days. If they let me on. I hope the nice, kind people of the TSA in Oklahoma City get me through it's coming back where we have to worry about you getting tackled by every tsa agent (laughs) because they're dicks in atlanta (laughs) oh those people suck but either way 
it's it, it kind of it's kind of crazy though that it just works out this this year that that layoff that you usually have for a, for a bowl game or for a playoff game it's just not there this year. Yeah, it wasn't a question for me to ask in that setting, but I was wondered how did their bowl prep change in terms of getting younger guys more time? Like you usually spend that first week trying yeah. to see what these red shirt guys might be able to do. Did you even have that chance? And you had to give guys some, you know, some time off. Yeah, I think they they basically gave everybody last week off while they were on. Well, not off. I mean, all the students were still in school, uh, wrapping up finals, finals and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but they've they've been practicing in full now for what since Sunday. So it you know and they've been inside a couple of days because of the weather out in Oklahoma. But um, they will get down to Atlanta next week. We'll be down there and be game week. So it's. It's kind of crazy how it all comes together so quickly this year. If if it is weed, carry is it six games, and is it where they would miss the Texas game in 2020 because that's the fifth game? If that is, yes, that's that's what happens. So. Which, you know, it's an NCAA deal. I think if you're an OU fan, you want it to be weed at this point because a PED thing is a year. Is a year. They're gone. They're basically, I mean, I, I would think Stevenson, he just leaves. You might as well just enter your name, right? Probably, yeah. Bridges, obviously, that would be, that'd be awful for him to have to miss an entire year. Ugh. It's just, it, it's such an archaic rule. I know it's a rule, and I know that don't smoke on campus. Don't smoke as a college athlete. You're there to play football. I get that. But the reality of the situation is. You sound like it. That's not the reality. <laughs> Are you trying to avoid the redneck voice because then the wrath of the board? No, that was more of just like a elder person. That wasn't an old board person. That was more of an elder a, person. An elder. I think just to, I'll put it this way. I think people and anybody that has been in Norman as a student in the last 10, 15 years would probably agree. You'd be surprised the things that go on on a college campus, particularly with the athletes on a college campus. And I don't think that that is, uh, I'm really, there's nothing that surprises me because I mean, you're, you're one of the first, when, when I say you kid, we met you when you were still a kid. Yeah. You openly talked about cocaine a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I was do. just like, <laughs> I was just like, it's not as much people just freely openly talk about cocaine now. It's like, it was, it was shocking to me. It's, but I then I, I found I out what that, a, what a deal cocaine still was. Yeah, well, and I mean, and I'm not saying that it's currently on OU's campus because I don't know. I'm, I'm too far removed from it. I am an old in that sense, but like I would I would bet right now on OU's campus, out of I would say the student popula population, I bet sixty five to seventy percent of the. Uh, I don't want to say popular. I don't know. That's Just probably too high. Populace. I would say there's a lot more people that are smoking on campus than you than you realize. And Weed, it's not Norman. Mean? Yeah. I'm not talking crack or anything. There might be a couple people smoking crack, though. I don't know if Joe Powell's still around. <laughs> but it... <laughs> I just I think he's in the XFL. No way. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I saw. Oh. Well, there oh, was well, a, I don't want to pick on Joe Powell. I'll pick on somebody a, else. Parish Cobb. There was a Joe Powell on the draft board that they came out with, but I don't know if it was the same one. 
What's he? He's been doing playing anything last three, four, five years. All time great story when he got arrested for uh, <laughs> marijuana possession. Coincidentally, I think he just had it shipped to his apartment, and the uh, cops like obviously they caught on and they had like cops deliver it instead of the UPS, mm-hmm. and he just signed for it. <laughs> and it was actually being delivered by an undercover cop I think wearing so. a UPS. I'm uniform. pretty sure that's the story. All time great story. Oh, I mean, where, okay. Important that was during question. the Bob where would that rank against? <laughs> where, where would that rank against Parrish Cobb robbing people that knew him? Oh, oh that's boy. probably... We um, recognize you. That's a new level. That's a new level of stupid. There's no doubt about that. Well, is that mm. That's like uh, white men can't jump when he goes into the... He goes into the grocery store to get money to take on... Raymond. Raymond. Yes, yeah, Raymond. Raymond. He's like, Raymond, is that you? Is that you? No, no. <laughs> no, no, it ain't Raymond. <laughs> oh, is this Raymond? No, no. That's a that's, great, that's that was a great scene. Voice. That was a good impression, Josh. I didn't think it was racist at all, even though Eddie does. Um, okay, so bowl game's coming up. It's going to be interesting. We've, we've kind of hinted, and people have noticed this, that there's some new stuff coming. I got a shitload of work to do to make this happen. Uh, but I am staying behind this year. Eddie and Bob are going to the bowl game. And uh, things are going to be beamed back here. So we can... Uh, and I've got to double check a couple of things. But I think we're going to even be able to carry like press conferences live. Media day stuff live. Uh, so you're going to get stuff as it's happening from Atlanta. That's going to be weird with Perkins, Bridges, and Stevenson on media day. Oh, I hadn't thought about I don't that. know that they'll be there, though. Will they even go on the trip if they're suspended? See, uh, Kersey and I were talking about this yesterday. I want to say, like, when those Clemson guys got suspended, they sent them home. Okay. They made them get on a bus. Yeah. And that was for Miami. Yeah, I, so don't, I, don't, I don't think it's up to OU. I think the bowl is, like, if you're suspended, because they have to pay for that shit. You <laughs> cannot come. You're, like, banned from coming or bored from coming. I, don't, I really don't know. They should do it that way. I mean, because... I don't, you know, because again, I guess technically, oh, you still waiting to hear back in an appeal process, that right? Is, I don't know. I talked to some people last night. I don't know. With that situation, I th- I think so, but it's it's not for certain. Okay. Um. But I mean, are we that soft that we just can't send home people who are suspended? Like. You got, you failed a drug test. You cannot be here. Like, it should be okay to say you can't come to this. Like, or are you afraid that, is it got to the point, like, if you do that, then they're going to quit because they can't come to the bowl, even though they, like, there are consequences to your actions. I think the NCAA makes them stand outside of the uh, offices in Indianapolis with a sign front and back that says, I'm a bad person. It's like I when your dog weed. chews up something and you put a sign on him. The cone that of shame. That might be racist. Or human dogs. Anti-human. I was like, yeah, I was like, wait. It's against the Geneva not... Convention. Signed Mike Vick picture over here. Makes sense now. <laughs> oh, God. That's Ron Mexico to you, all right? No, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work, but yeah, I... Even if they are there, they those guys, if they're suspended, they're not going to have to go to media day. And Lincoln's not going to let them go to media day. 
like so they won't OU won't get in trouble like because we remember all the Joe Mixon stuff from four years oh, ago. Oh, they definitely got yeah. They I mean they were they were facing a fine if right, they didn't make but Joe they, Mixon they available. They wouldn't be facing a fine if they don't put these guys. No, I wouldn't think so because okay. they're suspended. Which is maybe a good reason. Maybe that's the way you come up and say, "Look, you guys can't go because if you go, we have to make you available for media, and we're not doing that." So I don't. It's it's awkward. The whole thing is weird. I hated that that, that it happened on signing day, just because you know you have you have people in that department that work year round for this. I mean some of these kids have been you've been working on signing them for years and you finally get your day to announce it and then it just all the all anybody cares about is who's suspended i thought the thing that kind of went under the radar yesterday and it really nothing was proven and i don't think that anything will be any answers will be revealed until uh they get to that point but just the the conversation about caleb kelly and yeah. what you do, pretty much. I mean, you, you have to you have to just basically play him. Yeah, you're, you're playing him against uh, LSU. I and don't that, think there's that's any what I took from that. Lincoln Riley yesterday. Like, look, he's he's part of the team now. We're playing him. If we get to the national championship, then we'll worry. Make about that it. decision. Yeah. They want to make that decision. They want to be forced to make that decision. What if you go out though and he just plays lights out? Like it's finally it finally starts clicking for him 10 tackles three he's four turnovers all over the field he's had an interception he decapitates he the, joe burrow yeah literally he, takes his head off of his body yeah i'm not going that far why not because that's he gruesome put it back on after the game God. it's not a cartoon this is real life it could be so yeah but like if he goes out and just has a whale of a game i think I might be behind him just blowing his final year. I mean, what do you think of uh, the Trams scenario as far as applying to the NCAA for a for an extra year? Because if it because the logic in that is you have a four the four game rule in twelve games that's a third of the season. Mm-hmm. If you play fifteen, five games is still a third of the season. Yeah, it that makes a lot of sense. I'd never thought of it. It's a really good but, point, yeah. Yeah, it is. But the appeal process, you got to figure that take forever. Might even go into spring or summer. And you got to go to the draft. I mean, yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, and then if you hear in the summer that's denied, what the hell Caleb Kelly's supposed to do then? Look, if he if he plays a great game against LSU, they make it in the national championship, he plays really well there, he'll get drafted. I mean, he won't have to worry about it. It would be and bizarre, I, though. To have I Caleb. thought he played great against Baylor. Yeah, I did, too. Yep. Yep. Maybe the most consistent that we've ever seen him as a defensive player. Other than the Auburn game. I mean, the Auburn game was his Jeez, moment. It was. All right. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll be coming at you from Atlanta. Uh, the boys will be down there. We'll still be podcasting. So uh, don't worry about any of that. Uh Really uh, appreciated you guys coming in today. You know, it's been a, it's been a long week, especially a long day yesterday. Uh, so uh, appreciated you guys coming in today for the podcast. And uh, any last words, any last bit of business? Want to wish everybody a really merry Christmas. Uh, even though we'll pot again. No, 
Uh, well, Christmas is the pod. Christmas oh, yeah. is pod Next day. We, I we guh- guess we will pod on Christmas. We'll be in. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll be in we'll Atlanta. To say we're going to be in Miami, but we're not going to be in Miami. I don't know why I keep trying to say that. None. I guess none of us are doing anything but working on Christmas anyway. So I we can pod Josh on Christmas. Have Christmas but. Yeah, Josh, you can take it off. Yeah, because everybody knows that you don't work. You're just all about family now. Well, you know, and let us not forget, I mean, all the, the people that you felt bad for, none of them was, you know, your partner in work that works all year round a signing day, and then you just snatched the day from me, just took it away. Yeah, I know. I did dick you over yesterday pretty hard. Mm. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> My last comment would be, we're in Atlanta and Josh getting ready to do Under Armour. I mean, we're, yeah. we're yeah. right in that mode. Yeah, I'll be I'll be there the night of the game. I'll be in uh, okay. Orlando. So, um, same deal as last year. It's really weird that it worked out that way, but exact same situation as last year. The night before, uh, the night of check in at Under Armour was the night that I was in Orlando last year. By the way, still going on the website as well. Uh, just go to the front page of SoonerScoop dot com. You'll see a big banner at the top. Uh, we've got our special. We've had hundreds of people jump on this thing. Uh, you sign up for a year subscription. We give you 25% off. That makes it $75. And then we give you $75 in a Nike gift card. So uh, it's basically you get a year subscription for free and some Christmas presents. So it's a nice way to uh, become a member. If uh, you haven't become a member, it's only for new members. Uh, so go to the website, sign up. Uh, it's it, It's got a page, a landing page. It takes you, gives you all the promo code details helps you sign up so uh please uh, if you've ever thought about it give us a shout just like yesterday sooner scoop was uh national news and uh we you know work as hard as we can to, to break stories give you guys information cover recruiting year-round cover football year-round uh bob's getting ready for basketball season even though the sooners are sucking right now. i'll be there saturday i, I don't know finish. who's gonna be there saturday it's seven and three Students are on break, but last I will be there have, Saturday. Last two games have been really disappointing, and Jamal Bienemy has got to start finding his basketball game again. Yeah, I'm going to ask Kruger about that here in the next hour. All right, well, thanks to Josh McQuiston. Thanks to uh, Eddie Radosevich. Thanks to Bob Prisbillo. I'm Kerry Murdoch, and we'll see you here next week. Uh, have a Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, we'll see you back uh, probably on Christmas next week. Uh, thanks for listening to the Unofficial 40 uh, brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Remember, midfirst.com slash U40. Go sign up for that OU Rewards card. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you guys back here next week on the Unofficial 40 Podcast.